This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. For now, one omission. Not sure about for later. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Jim Harbaugh, head coach of the Chargers after an 86-25 record at Michigan, 40-3 and in the last three years, coming off of the national championship. Of course, all the drama around the NCAA and the suspensions, et cetera, et cetera. Three straight wins over Ohio State, three straight Big Ten titles, three straight appearances in the college football playoff. Harbaugh re-enters the NFL next year as the coach with the highest win percentage in the NFL actively at 44-19-1. And as we look at this scenario right now with the Chargers, an organization that Smalls has claimed is the most meh organization in all of sports, they are no longer meh. And I believe within the next five years, they will go to a Super Bowl. And I believe over the next five years that we will have a quarterback in Justin Herbert that is going to consistently be a top five quarterback as a result of, or as it relates to, individual performance and team performance. Well, yeah, he's had the individual performance, right? He was a top five quarterback based on QBR this year, but the team won, what, five games? That's a problem. So you have to have the production from Herbert correlate to team success. Mm -hmm. There has to be be that – transcendence from Herbert in terms of putting his team in position to compete for an AFC West title and to get to the second season and win games in the playoffs. So that that's the thing that we want to see from Herbert and Jim Harbaugh should be able to help him do that. I mean, we saw it in the NFL with the 49ers. He did it with Alex Smith, got him to a conference championship game. Colin Kaepernick got to a Super Bowl. We've seen this with Jim in terms of being able to help quarterbacks take it to that next level. And so that has to be the thinking from the Chargers front office and from ownership. We have to invest what it takes to get Jim Harbaugh because he's going to be able to get the return on investment from Justin Herbert. They just gave him a quarter of a billion dollars last offseason, and rightfully so. Herbert has earned that money. But in order to maximize what you're going to get out of that investment, you need to make sure that the head coach is not an impediment, but the head coach is somebody that accentuates not only what everybody else on the roster does, but what Justin Herbert does. And I think this hire signals that the Chargers are willing to do whatever it takes in order to make this team a winner. And kudos to them for doing that because it's not going to be cheap <laughs> to hire Jim Hell Harbaugh. No. And it's not going to be comfortable because he's going to come in and he's going to command a certain amount of power and it's going to upend a lot of things that are happening within the Chargers organization. But why wouldn't you give him the money? Why wouldn't you give him the power? Why wouldn't you assume that he's going to be able to maximize the window that you have with Justin Herbert? I really commend them for realizing that they have a guy who's a franchise quarterback who could literally take that jump into being a superstar quarterback quarterback if he has the right head coach the right guidance around him and they're not going to waste this window they're doing what it takes and to have Justin Herbert take that step usually would correlate with team success because Jim Harbaugh has turned things around everywhere he's gone he did it at the University of San Diego he did it at Stanford he did it obviously at Michigan which resulted in a national championship and he did it at the NFL level with the with the San Francisco 49ers he took them to a Super Bowl there's no reason that you wouldn't give Jim Harbaugh everything he wants and assume that it's going to translate to success and for the Chargers a team that has flown under the radar for a long time despite having just Justin Herbert as the quarterback. And despite being in L.A., I think this was the only move that they could make to get both of those things to come to fruition. When we look at the expectations and we look at the coach-quarterback combo, quarterback-coach combo, however you want to look at it, the next five years, Harbaugh seems to be under a five-year contract. That is what Adam Schefter has reported. Obviously, details still to come out. 
Mahomes and Reed for sure, assuming that Andy Reed is there for the next five years, which may be an assumption. You know, at any given point, he could walk away. Lamar and John Harbaugh, we take over this combo, right? Any other combo we would definitely take? Burrow and Taylor, Stroud and Ryans, Purdy and Shanahan, Love and LaFleur, Goff and Campbell. I, I can't put Hurts and Sirianni in there. Love and LaFleur is intriguing to me. Love and LaFleur, yeah. I Allen and McDermott. I'm not. I don't feel good about that. When I'm talking about the combo, right? So that factors in individual. I would, and team. I would say Taylor and Burrow. Okay, Taylor and Burrow. I would put there too. But we talk about Burrow. We rarely talk about Taylor. Yeah, but I think we'll talk about Taylor more based on what he did without Burrow this year. I Jake agree. Browning, Browning is going to get Jake us to Browning, talk about yes, Jake Browning stepping in. Absolutely, Zach Taylor is a damn good, damn good coach. But we're going to talk about. Har- I I guess. He is a great coach, and he's proven that he could do it without Joe Burrow. But we're all, we always seem to assign more credit to Joe Burrow rather than Zach Taylor. Whereas I think if Justin Herbert ascends, we're going to say, look at Jim Harbaugh being able to extract this out of him. Like Harbaugh, I think, will get more of the credit than somebody like Taylor does. I, I hear what you're saying, but let's, let's not get it twisted when it comes to Joe Burrow. When he starts and finishes the season, their season starts in the conference championship game too. Like There have been two seasons that he started and finished – and both times they were conference championship game or better. One year ended in them being in the Super Bowl. So, like, let, like, I get that we're excited about Jim joining Justin Herbert. It's the shiny new thing. And I think it's going to lead to a lot of team success for the Chargers. But they still got to go through the Cincinnati Bengals. They still got to go through the Baltimore Ravens. And, of course, they still got to deal with the Kansas City Chiefs in their own division. So I think we have to be realistic when we are calibrating the expectations for the Chargers over the next couple of years. Like, I'm not saying that Jim can't build a program that can eventually lead to a Super Bowl, but I don't think that's going to happen in 2024. Mm. Like, 2024, like you said, Ev, the goal should be double-digit wins. I think they absolutely have to be in the playoffs. That is, that is what the floor should be for the Chargers this upcoming season because of this hire. Now, where they go from there is going to be up to Justin Herbert. I know what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. I know the culture that he's going to implement. This is going to be a physically tough team. They're going to be rugged. They're going to be mentally tough. They're going to they're going to have a different identity in terms of what they do offensively. It's going to be more of the hardball runs with play action. You'll mix in some RPO stuff. They're going to play really, really good defense. Have a great staff. And they're going to have a great he staff. always has a great staff. They're, they're going to have a great staff. So Shout that, out to Freddie Coleman, who made a big point on that yesterday on his show, Freddie and Harry. So go Yeah, ahead. yeah, exactly. So I guess my whole point is I know what Jim is going to do, but the heights that this franchise is going to descend to is going to be determined by what Justin Herbert can do. That's why I look at this hire and say – He's now on the clock in terms of being able to have team success. That's what we're waiting to see. He's on the clock, but I have zero reason to believe, and I know you're not even indicating this, but I have zero reason to believe he won't be great. Harbaugh is great as a head coach with quarterbacks. Everybody he's ever touched has turned to gold, and so I assume the next five years, if I'm buying stock in a head coach-quarterback combo, I will buy stock in this. I can't buy stock in the Jalen Hurts-Sirianni combo. You guys know I like Mike McCarthy. I can't buy stock in the Dak-Mike McCarthy combo. I could absolutely do it in D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud. I could absolutely do it in LaFleur and Love. But this is going to work. Harbaugh never fails. Like, literally never fails. Hey, cheat, but he never fails. It's, It's remarkable what this guy has done. And this is not the greatest college coach coming in to coach in the NFL. This was a great 
college coach who became a great NFL coach, who continued as a great college coach, who's now coming back to the NFL. This is rare. Even Pete Carroll, when he went to USC, he was fine with the Jets and the Patriots. He wasn't hardball level with the Niners. You know, Jimmy Johnson comes to the Dallas Cowboys being unbelievable, obviously, with the uh, with the U and Oklahoma State prior. And he was unbelievable, obviously, with the Cowboys. This guy is, but but wasn't that great with the Dolphins? This guy doesn't have anything that is even remotely negative here. It's remarkable. He is one of the great coaches to ever coach football. You don't have to place NFL or college. He's one of the great, in our lifetime, he's one of the great coaches to ever coach football. And it seems like the Chargers are willing to give the reins over to him and just allow him to do what he does because that was one of my initial concerns when we had first heard about this potential marriage between the two is are they really going to be the organization to give him what he wants, not only mm-hmm. monetarily yeah. but from a from a uh, power standpoint? Are they going to be able to do this? And they cleared the runway for him. He's going to be able to to build this around him the way that he wants because that was a, a problem in San Francisco. He had tension with Trent Baalke. They basically pushed him out the door. And I think that that was probably one of his selling points is, am I going to be able to go to a place that has a quarterback that I want, check, and Justin Herbert? And can I do what I want there? Because he's proven that he can't. He actually commands that respect now and commands the power that he wants. We saw him do it at Michigan. It, it took him a little bit to get that program where he wanted it to be. He won a national championship. Yep. And he did it in a season where there was tons of turn turmoil around him. So I think that they did an amazing job giving him everything that he wanted and luring him away from a place like Michigan. So how many head coach quarterback combos definitively next five years do you take over Harbaugh and Herbert? Mahomes and Reed. I mean, there there are three. There are three. Lamar and John Harbaugh and Jack Taylor and Joe Burrow. Correct. Which means look around the league. This, this is why this is a great hire. Think about this. An 11 year NFL vet, who won a Super Bowl, who analyzes football for a living in all sports, obviously, just told you, before seeing these two together, there's only three I would take over them. Yeah. Think about that for a second. I mean, there second. are a lot of possibles, but there are only three defenders. Possible, sure. But yeah. yeah. Think about how strong that is. That, that is strong. But again, this is all going to come down to Herbert. That's yes. the thing. He's been able to hide because of how bad the coaching situation is or how people are purporting it to be, right? With the Anthony Lynn situation and then with Brandon Staley. And now I get it. Brandon Staley made himself an easy target, but we're actually going to find out whether or not Justin Herbert is capable of having team success. Like a lot of the conversations we've been having around Josh Allen, we can now apply to Justin Herbert because Herbert has a competent head coach in Jim Harbaugh because we've seen it in the NFL before. We're not projecting what kind of coach Jim Harbaugh is going to be. But the greatness that you're talking about out of Justin Herbert, that is absolutely a projection. Why? Because we haven't seen it yet. Yes, and I'll add to that. Brandon Staley, not a good NFL head coach. That said, if Patrick Mahomes was his quarterback, they would have been in the playoffs each of the last few years. He would have just figured, that's Patrick Mahomes, right? I know that's one of the greats of all time, but that's where if we're going to project Herbert to be one of the greats, you got to figure out, you got to navigate a way through. Jalen Hurts got to a Super Bowl with Sirianni as we look back on it. You know how I feel about that word great. You know how I feel about but it. He's Justin, not yet Justin great. Herbert, he's not yet great. He's no, really, really good. He's going to be, really, I think, really, but. He's really, really good right now, but that doesn't, that hasn't, that hasn't translated to team success. And that's why we always clamor about these quarterbacks because we feel like that provides the the easiest path to having team success. So until it's about the team actually winning more games, then it's hard it's hard not to judge Justin Herbert harshly, especially now that we know he has a good coach. So just to kind of wrap a bunch of things together, and I think we can do this cleanly like this, if I told you that Jim Harbaugh was the coach of the Buffalo Bills next year, 
Who do you think would win the MVP in the NFL? He's in the conversation. I would pick Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. And there's the not a show anywhere that has been more critical of Josh Allen than the three of us. Yeah. That's how good Harbaugh is. And that's not to say Har- you know, Josh Allen is like the guy whose jersey you see behind me on TV, which is my high school jersey. <laughs> a terrible quarterback. i pick Josh Allen to win the MVP of the NFL next year if Jim Harbaugh was his head coach. So Justin Herbert may win an MVP next year. It would not surprise me at all. And with everything you just said, Jim Harbaugh is worth every single penny. Absolutely And correct. probably I mean, underpaid. I mean, if we're if we're painted out like this, I mean, where where is Jim Harbaugh ranked when it comes to the pantheon of coaches in the NFL right now? Oh, he's top five upon arrival. Mm-hmm. Upon arrival. Mm-hmm. Think about outsta- it. It's an outsta- that's an outstanding get for the Chargers. That's an out- like when, when have we been able to say the Chargers have a top five coach in the sport? Remember, there's a spot available because Belichick's I mean, we're going, not there. We're going back to Air Coriel. I mean, when's the last time we could say I'm the just Chargers, looking at Harry Douglas the, the, dancing, the by the way. The Chargers have a top five coach in the NFL. Harry will dance with us next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Great tie. Thanks. <laughs> for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, there's a chance right away they compete for a Super Bowl. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Swalman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. With you, Harry Douglas is here. You'll see him on Get Up. You hear him, 3P to 7P Eastern, Freddie and Harry. First question we got to get into right off the bat. Is a funeral an event? (laughs) What? I'm going to explain why. Mike Greenberg... Said he saw Jim Harbaugh at an event and then said it was a funeral. <laughs> and that that is how he found out that Harbaugh to the Chargers could happen. He called a funeral an event. No. Thank it's, you. It's a funeral. <laughs> That's what we have to see. That's Literally, exactly it's a right. funeral. Thank you. Smalls disagrees, though. It caught me off guard. <laughs> I said I hope my funeral's an event. I well, hope people come and celebrate me and have a good time. Mine is definitely going to be an event. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm but sure. If, but if they're kicking it real hard, though, I mean, should your people feel some kind of way that they're celebrating that you're gone so much? Well, no, because, you know, especially in today's age, when you go to funerals, you don't want it to be mopey and sad mm-hmm. all the time. You do want the positive to come out, uh, especially about the individual that's no longer living. Okay, so and I mean, you can break stories but, 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 there as well. You want, you want it to be a celebration, but not celebrating that you're dead, okay. but celebrating all the good that you did while celebrating you were dead. But I mean, if people life, are doing yeah. the squabble, they swag surfing, like, I mean, <laughs> no, no, that's no, what I'm, I'm they swag asking. surfing at my funeral, y'all having too much of a good damn time. That's what I'm trying to say. Can you y'all do that boy bad you. at your funeral? Of course. Okay, that you can do. And I want somebody old, about 90 years old, to do it, too. You're going to have somebody break their hips. Hip replacement. <laughs> All right, let's get into the news of the day. Obviously, Harbaugh. Uh, proper expectations. How many wins and how good does Justin Herbert need to be in year one for this to be working? All right, we're moving fast. Um, 
I'll put, I'll put it to y'all like this. This is, this is the best thing that could have happened to Justin Herbert in his career. It really is. Because you have a, a guy in Jim Harbaugh that understands how to build a culture. He's had success instantly in the National Football League. He's had success building at the University of Michigan and also other places that he's been. He's played the position, right? So him and Justin Herbert can be able to speak the same language and talk on the same level. That, that's, a, that's something that I think is underrated that's imperative when you talk about Justin Herbert, who's trying to be in a certain light, not in a regular season, but when you talk about playoff football and contending for a Super Bowl. So I think in those regards, um, Herbert is going to have a positive impact from this. And especially, I think last but not least, the offensive system is now going to be balanced. You're not going to see third and one and fourth and ones. We're trying to pass the football majority of the, of the times. There's going to be some physicality to this offense. There's going to be a run game. Uh, you have the Chargers now slotted to take Brock Bowers at number six. Ooh. What tight end fits Ooh, better in a Jim Harbaugh system Ooh. more than Brock Bowers? Love that. That's Georgia tight end. That's, how do you not get excited about I know you are excited about this, but like this is one of the great moves we've seen in years in the NFL. Man, y'all yeah. out your mind about taking a tight end in the top five, top I, six. Y'all I crazy. take them higher but than But anyway, uh, Harry, here's the thing. <laughs> and, and you led me kind of where I wanted to go. Because this is a Chargers team that, that's going to have some salary cap constraints, right? You look at their top hat cap hits for next year. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams all have cap hits over $30 million going into 2024. So if you're Jim Harbaugh, what is the first order of business in terms of getting the ship righted out there in L.A.? Too much money in the wide receiver room. And that's something when I was in Atlanta that Kyle Shanahan viewed when it was me, Roddy White, Julio Jones, Devin Hester. Hey, we got too many guys in this room making some nice money. We're going to have to cut this down. I was the first to go. <laughs> so, so you knew what time it was. Hey, hey, Roddy down goes Harry. <laughs> but I already anticipated it happening, right? So that's the first thing. Harry's Falcon's funeral. That's but, th- but, think, but think about a Jim Harbaugh system. How many guys in his type of system do you see at the wide receiver position making big-time money? You can't have two or three of those guys, right? Mm. So I, I think that's the first rule of thumb. But then on the defensive side, you you got to say to yourself, if you're Jim Harbaugh, who do we value more and who do we need to let go? Because this is a team that couldn't stay healthy either now. And you got Derwin James that's making a lot of money. Derwin James isn't going anywhere. Right, that's the staple of your defense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Can Joey Bosa stay healthy, or you might have to restructure some contracts to to allow you some some cap flexibility. Uh, fle- flexibility, excuse me. Since you're a down south Georgia boy, I want to ask you about DSGB. the about the Atlanta Falcons. Now that Jim Harbaugh is off the board. All signs are pointing to Bill Belichick, but they haven't really acted with a sense of urgency, even though they've interviewed Belichick twice. They're they're surveying the landscape. They're checking out all their options. Do you think Bill Belichick is the best option for the Falcons? Ah, oh, Smalls. I'm looking at you now. Me personally, no. <laughs> and, and I say that because this is a very, very young football team. And when I just spoke about Jim Harbaugh, one of the things that – uh, he attracts to a lot of people is that he can relate to his players through and through. Now, if you're looking at the Falcons and you say they're at number eight, what if they decide they want to take a young quarterback and they move up? I can't sit up here and say I, I consistently trust Bill Belichick to develop that young quarterback as the head guy, mm-hmm. right? So, but, but when you look at people like Mike Vrabel, when you look at guys like Raheem Morris, when you look at people like Ben Johnson, we've seen what Bobby Slowick has been able to do with C.J. Stroud and company in that offense as a first-year play caller, right? So the, the, there are so many guys that I think 
can relate to the guys on that football team. On top of, if you get a Bill Belichick, he's going to want to bring his guys in. Mm-hmm. So how many people within that organization are going to have to lose their jobs that mean a lot to that organization because Bill Belichick is bringing in the folks that he trusts, and rightfully so, right? If he gets that job, he wants to bring in people that he's comfortable, comfortable with. But how many people in the Atlanta Falcons organization are going to have to suffer because of that? Talk with Harry Douglas. Let's, let's take a step back with that because that's a great overall kind of viewpoint. You're the owner of a team. What you're saying is an organization that hasn't reached the pinnacle of where you've wanted to reach, you're now going to have loyal employees. I get that. And you're going to say to them, yeah, we want to keep – the goal is now to keep you and keep you happy not to get great. Because what you're saying is – not you, but I'm saying the theory is, well, Rich McKay, Terry Fontenot, and whoever is there as president GM and all the other people – my loyalty is to you, even if it means we're not going to make the playoffs, versus i got to make the playoffs and i got to win, and let me bring in this guy. Because that's what kind well, of you're saying, aren't no, you? No, that's not what I'm saying, because if they had competent quarterback play last year, the last two years, they made the playoffs. So the first problem is trying to figure out the quarterback position, right? We, did, did Bill Belichick make the playoffs last year? No, but he did the year before. I understand that. He, no, he, he made the playoffs once in the last four years. Yeah, I mean, two years before, sorry. Okay, so if we're going by that four-year sample size – is it that much better than what the Atlanta Falcons have already been this season, uh, the last four years? They made the playoffs one time in the last four years. And we've seen a quarter, young quarterback in Mac Jones uh, on the decline because of certain decisions that Bill Belichick made. I'd argue that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd argue that a little bit, but go ahead, CC. Sorry. Harry, if Lamar Jackson beats Pat Mahomes in the conference championship game this weekend, is it a rivalry between Lamar and Pat Mahomes? If he beats him? Yeah. He's one and three versus Mahomes now. That'll make him two and three. I will go yes, but let me say this, CC. I think we need to appreciate what we're going to see this weekend because it's not a guarantee we're going to see it again. And the reason why I say that, and it's not a knock on um, Lamar Jackson or the Baltimore Ravens, I think it's, it's speaking more so on the quarterbacks in the AFC. And now we just added Justin Herbert to that conversation now because he has a competent head coach that's going to put him in the best positions possible. You see the emergence of C.J. Stroud. Joe Burrow's going to be back healthy. Josh Allen. You have so many quarterbacks. The only constant uh, or consistent consistency that we've seen in the AFC when it, when it has come to the AFC championship game has been who? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. So you already put him in the category that he's going to be there because that's what history tells us. Mm-hmm. So there's only one other slot left, right? Mm-hmm. And think about all the quarterbacks that I just mentioned that's going to be competing for that one spot. So I think we need to embrace this matchup this weekend. And if Lamar's able to win this game, um, it's legacy shifting. It really is. And here's, here's another thing I'm going to say. They've blown out just about every good team in the National Football League this year. What if they embarrass the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend? What does that tell you about mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson and company? The same thing that we all should have known already. He's awesome. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's a two-time MVP, and it's time to stop doubting him. Harry Douglas, you'll see him on Get Up. You'll hear him 3P to 7P Eastern here on ESPN Radio with the great Freddie Coleman. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We've got a Harbaugh leaving Michigan to go to the Chargers. And we've got a Harbaugh leading Lamar and the Ravens against the Chiefs this weekend. Which one's better? Like if I said to you you had to start a franchise right now and you had to have John or Jim. What are you taking? Because Jim gets all the flowers. John's won a Super Bowl. Jim's won a national championship. Jim has been to a Super Bowl. John's been the head coach of a team since CeCe played on the team. Hasn't gone anywhere. There were talk at times that maybe possibly he'd voluntarily walk away to take a break. One of those kinds of things. Never even in the conversation about getting fired. Mm -hmm. Had Joe Flacco as his quarterback. Transformed an entire organization to play around Lamar Jackson. And one of the most impressive things I've seen was when he brought in RG3 to be a backup. Which I know sounds odd. But that told me a lot about the Ravens. In that, oh no, no. John Harbaugh ain't doing this for now. He's doing this for good. Because that means if, God forbid, Lamar gets hurt. He wants the backup to play the same way as the starter. And not have Joe Flacco backing up Lamar Jackson and play completely differently like we don't talk about John the way we talk about Jim and they're both probably going to the Hall of Fame at some point here they're respectively college and pro maybe even pro and pro at this point so who's yeah. better well, well here's the thing I, I think a part of why we dismiss the success that John has been able to have is because of the organization that he's coaching for mm-hmm. right it's the Baltimore Ravens. They won championships with Brian Billick. They, they had Ray Lewis. They had all-time greats. Ozzie Newsome, Hall of Fame tight end, but also should be a Hall of Fame executive. They passed the baton to Eric DaCosta, who should be NFL executive of the year based on what he's been able to do with this team over the past calendar years. So I guess a lot of John's success gets, you know, gets hidden behind how functional, how buttoned up the Baltimore Ravens actually are as a franchise, whereas Jim has taken over some really dysfunctional situations and had a lot of team success. The San Francisco 49ers were an absolute joke when he took over that team. I mean, I just remember some of the Mike Singletary press conferences and the stories and the reports, you know, of how he behaved as their head coach out there. Uh, and then you, you hear about, you know, Jim Tom Sula, and Jim yeah. Tom Sula and Trent Baalke and all of that, that whole mess. And so that that's what Jim had to deal with in his head coaching tenure in the National Football League. So I guess that's the part where, you know, we automatically look at Jim because he's been able to have Andrew Luck, because he's been able to have Josh Johnson, because he's had Colin Kaepernick, because he has J.J. McCarthy now. We're just saying, okay, Jim gets highlighted a little bit more because he's had so much success at the quarterback position, and that's the spot that everybody seems to focus on, where John takes a more holistic approach on team building. But here's the thing. 
John has had success with quarterbacks too. Yeah. Like Joe Flacco went on a historic run, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions in the postseason where they won the Super Bowl in 2012. Like, and that include going on the road and beating Peyton Manning's Denver Broncos. Like that, like that's incredible. The fact that he was able to do that. Like th- there have been things that have happened with, with John that folks don't want to acknowledge. Like think about the, the foresight to build a franchise around Lamar Jackson. When people were saying that this guy had to switch his position to wide receiver when he came to the league. Like, they, like John has been innovative in his own right. And he's been progressive in terms of his willingness to embrace change. And I think that's the aspect of it to me that, you know, that's probably the most impressive and why he's been able to have so much sustained success in the NFL. So if you're asking me to give the nod to one or the other, I'm going to roll with John over Jim. It's really hard to have sustained success in the NFL. No doubt. I mean, most coaches get a a two, if you're lucky, three-year runway to have success. And John Harbaugh has been able to really build something remarkable with the Baltimore Ravens. Been there since 2008. That's crazy. That's That's crazy. Uh, can I hit you with the old Tony LaRusso? They're tied for first <laughs> because no. <laughs> because both are amazing in their own right. But I I guess if I had to choose one, I would go with Jim just because of the incredible degree of difficulty that it takes to win at both levels, especially to win a national championship in today's college football landscape with NIL with the transfer portal. Everything is changing, it feels like, in real time. And for him to be able not only to win despite all of that, but to keep his team galvanized when they were under investigation, when he was serving suspensions, he he was able to beat Nick Saban, beat Alabama. He's He's been to a Super Bowl at the NFL level. He could win a Super Bowl at the NFL level. But to be able to have the success that he had, not only in the NFL, but do what he did at the collegiate level, at San Diego, at Stanford, and to cap it all off, winning this national title in, at Michigan, I think I might have to give it to Jim. But here's the thing about that, and, and I don't want to take anything away from Jim because it's an amazing accomplishment, but talent isn't equitable in college. Because you have NIL. Michigan has more resources than most college football programs. you got more money. Like you can recruit as many five-star players as you want. In the NFL, it's all spread out. Like you got a salary cap. you got an NFL draft. You know what I mean? So it's, like, it's not like you can stockpile and have the best players every single year. But it's being able to figure out an identity for your team that will allow you to have success. And that, that changes from week to week. That changes from year to year. So I guess the, the volatility, so to speak, when it comes to your talent base in the NFL versus college football is why I'm more impressed with what John has done over the 16 years he's been a head coach. I mean, they've got four conference championship game appearances and he's got a Super Bowl title. He is ridiculous. He, John Harbaugh, is ridiculously underrated. I was just looking no at this. He's been the head coach of the Ravens for 16 years. Yeah. You know how many losing seasons he's had? Two. Yeah. And one of them was eight and nine. Yeah, we and, the, and the other one he had, they led the league in guys on IR. The so, five and eleven year in twenty fifteen led the league in guys on IR. I should know because I was one of the guys. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't, I don't know how much Doctor like John is a really, really, really good coach. Yes. So we we rightfully so look at Mike Tomlin's career and look at the fact that he has never had a losing season. And we outside of Pat Costello, our producer, we all praise that. Pat thinks it's a little overrated, but. I don't think we ever even bring that up with John, right? I mean, if you think about what this guy has done, and Smalls, you you rightfully so brought up the changing landscape of college football as it relates to the NIL. In many ways, John Harbaugh contributed to the changing landscape in the NFL by saying, 
I don't care that people think that the quarterback is run first. He can pass, and I'm going to show you he can pass. And I don't know if right now, I have no idea if Lamar's a better runner or passer. I don't know. Do you know? Because I don't know. Meaning he was so ahead from a running perspective, and he caught up to such an extent from a passing perspective. Now it is complete. Like, is, are some of the quarterbacks that we've seen drafted and going to be drafted over the course of time, are they going to be drafted as high if not for Lamar Jackson? And John Harbaugh? Probably not. So the changing landscape, while Jim adjusted to it, John did too, and John created it in some ways. Now, I, all of that said, I probably would lean Jim only because of the expertise with multiple quarterbacks. That's the only way that I would go with that one. Uh, Mike in Michigan joins us on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. What's up, Mike? Uh, Parker, I just want to know if Greeny had an event Calls for Harbaugh with the Chargers. Would that count as a greeny kiss of death? Oh, my God. Well done. <laughs> well done. Yes, for those just tuning in, we are we are thinking back to the moment in October when Greeny came on our show and said that he was at an event, a funeral, and saw Jim Harbaugh, and they were talking about Justin Herbert. And we are reliving the idea that he got it, he got it right first, but he called a funeral an event. Desmond in South Carolina watching on ESPN2. What's up, Desmond? Hey, man. Uh, I just think we should give John a little more credit because you got to think, you know, he's been there for a minute, and the Ravens have been pretty consistent. Opposed to with John, he had that – um I mean, with Jim, he had that little tenure with the 49ers. We ain't, I ain't seen enough out of Jim on the pro level. I'm I'm sorry. The, wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. Are you saying the 49ers stint you're using as a negative? I wouldn't say it's a negative, but I feel like he didn't get over the home. That's what I He was in the I NFC like Championship the game in three of the four years he was a head coach. Three, he has, straight, three straight years. He three has straight. the highest win percentage of any active NFL head coach currently at 44-19-1. And, and he changed quarterbacks midway through while getting to the NFC Championship game, going from Alex Smith and finding, developing, and mastering with him and his amazing talents, Colin Kaepernick's insane success that he had on the field with Jim Harbaugh. I mean, if you want to take a knock on Jim Harbaugh, the knock would be, hey, it take, took him too long to beat Ohio State. He couldn't beat Urban Meyer. Fine. You cannot use his Niners tenure as a knock on him. I'm sorry. But, that tenure but, was awesome. But John did beat Jim in the Super Bowl. Okay, but that's fine. Wait a second. Wait <laughs> right, a second. So we're having this debate. Wait John, a second. John did beat Jim in the Super Bowl. Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. The, the Super Bowl trophy is on the mantle at Jack Harbaugh's house. That's, that's, Daddy. that's I'm fine. I'm just saying. But if you're doing it in I'm comparison, <laughs> which we were doing, but that previous caller did it as, I can't put John or Jim on that level. Well, yes, he's on that level. They're both unbelievable. Yeah, but he's not a Super Bowl winning coach. Not yet. He's not a Super Bowl winning coach. Not yet. I bet he will be at some point. I'm over it. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. 
It is time for I'm Over It here on ESPN Radio and on Sportsman Line, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. Pat Costello, our producer, gives us items in life, entertainment, sports that he's over. Morning, Pat. I'm going to fight someone in this control room today. I, I'm, I promise I'm going to. Why is there this assumption that Bill Belichick just can't coach anymore? I have no after, idea. After the greatest run in the history of the NFL, he has a bit of a lull, and all of a sudden he's just done. He doesn't know how to do it anymore. Can't coach. Can't. The people in the locker room hate him. Can't relate to players. Why? Where is any of this coming from? There, like, there's no evidence to support any of this, and we're taking these leaps, and it drives me crazy, and I'm going to punch Nuno or Javante. Well, the last part maybe you could avoid, but... I, no, I'm going to no, do I want to see it. What are you talking about? I well, want to see it. I right. want to see it. Who, who are you going to go after first? Which one of them is bugging the, you more? No, no. Oh, well, I'm not... That's a good choice. That's a great yeah, start. Yeah, you should definitely start there. Like you you definitely the start there. Yeah, yeah, Pat, you got a better chance of getting a win there versus Javante. Who I'm just would gonna win the there. Royal Rumble wow, of our producers? Really, can't I'm just, Yeah, I'm just saying that. Who do you think wins the Royal Rumble of the producers here? Javante, Pat, or Nuno? I'm going to say Javante because he's nice to everybody. So he's sneaky like he's that. He's not. Yeah, he's I don't, very I don't fast. Think, I don't he's think he's worried. That. That's why I was nice going to take him. He's not worried about it. Exactly. But Pat is he's physically really like bigger than everybody, right? He's much taller than everybody else. B-I-G don't spell W-I-N-O. I don't know. I feel yeah, like But Nuno's skinny Nuno now, so. And Nuno's in the gym a lot. He's doing arms. He's doing back. He's now, getting squats. Is it squats the Stephen in. A. Smith workout where he's got that that, that boxing wow. thing going on? I just I, what I, do I don't you, know. What you I know? do to you to take these strays today? <laughs> Pat's right about everything he's saying. It's the most ridiculous thing. Somehow people have looked at the last four years without context over the previous twenty, and he can't coach. Their defense was unbelievable this year without their two best players on it. I don't even know. Matthew Juneau and Christian Gonzalez didn't play. Their defense was unbelievable this year. He is so much better than the majority of the league. It's absurd. No, no, he's, question, he's Ben McAdoo. Oh, no, 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 time out. I don't think the question is whether or not he can coach. Well, that's what Pat the qu- said. The question is whether or not the players are going to listen. That's the question. Yes. I don't they give a damn if so you're the best coach. The I end, don't though. care if you're the best coach. They played hard. Oh, great. They played hard. They won four games. How hard did they play? Like, I just, that's the thing I don't know. Like, he can be a great coach. He can be a great tactician. But are the players actually going to listen to him? Are the players actually going to trust him? And Bill Belichick has not been known to have a collaborative approach when it comes to players. And that's what this generation of athlete, this generation of NFL player wants. So I think there's the logic behind all of these teams that have head coaching vacancies seemingly not being interested in interviewing Bill Belichick. Do we know that it's them not being interested in Belichick and not Bill Belichick not wanting those jobs? Well, Because they're not exactly appealing jobs. All the appealing jobs weren't really open. Well, beggars, first of all, beggars can't be choosers. There's one. Bill Belichick can be a chooser. He's not a beggar. How is he going to be a chooser? There's been one team to interview him. How is he a chooser? Get him, Kenny. Get him. No, seriously. How can you be a chooser? There, before last night, there were five vacancies. Only one team, one, interviewed him. How can he be a chooser? Because if he only doesn't one, have to go back oh, this I year. Can, I can choose to go to Atlanta, or you can choose to not pass Don Shula and not coach no more. That's right. He's Those are your away. choices. What trying are you talking away. about? Or he could just you be Doc coach Rivers. The Panthers? He could be Doc Rivers and wait for the hey, Bucks. Hold on, hold on. Okay, You're hold asking on. me a question. Do I want to coach the Carolina Panthers? I will answer a question with a question. Do you want to get 15 more wins to pass Don Shula? <laughs> yeah, and you're not doing it with the Panthers. You might not do it in year one, but there's a chance that you could do it over the next three years. I, I hate to bring this up because he is my guy. 
But Tony La Russa taking a break and then coming back did not work well for the Chicago White Sox. And I think there is really something there to what Canty is saying about organizations who are looking for somebody to bring in and be their head coach for a long time. Can he relate to these these players? Can he be that person for three to five years and not just get the record and then bounce? I, I I do think that despite the resume and despite him being the greatest ever, that there are logistical questions that cause problems for some organizations. But I would I would love it if he took a job and got the record and then just bounced midseason Bobby Petrino the style. The next day, like, I would love press that. conference, I would love it. Noon, you know what? I'm good on this. I'll holler at y'all. I'll do it. I'll do it on Zoom from my boat. That would be great. Smalls, the irony of what you just said about Larusa. Okay, not to go too inside baseball, but if you look at the White Sox prior to his arrival and after his arrival, they were better with him than they were without him. But it was not great. I'm not saying it was healthy, but record-wise, they actually were better with him. Right. So I, I I don't think Belichick's a beggar. I also think there also could be something that is in the back pocket. I don't understand how that's even debatable, though. You have one job that you've interviewed for. One. That we know of. Could be something else. You never know. Could be something else. Next one, Pat. You know, we're, we're, it's going to be a fight, I'm telling you, back here. It's, it's getting... <laughs> and by, by the way, the you're going to so say the worst analogy here's here's you've ever heard. Heard. I like So it. this it is my analogy to the like guys it. that want to act like we're going to forget the last four years of Belichick. Hey, honey, I've been, I've been faithful for you for 20 years. I've just stepped out. You know, stepped out the last four, but let's forget about the last four and focus on the twenty beforehand. It's the like, that's worst what we're doing here. Thing yeah, I've ever heard. Check. It's terrible. Yeah, that I makes lo- no sense. But it does. It does. It I, fo- I followed you on that one. Thank you. I'm with you, you on that thank one. You. I'm with you. Evan, uh, did you get a spray tan by the way? <laughs> no. Why? Do I look hot? You're saying I look hot? <laughs> There's something going on today. Did you get a spray tan? <laughs> I swear to God, I did. I've never gotten that in my. Yeah, I am a little orange. You are orange. Yes. You are orange. I would say sun-kissed. Sun-kissed. This red is really popping on camera, too. I think it's making me look a little orange. I don't have... I swear on my life. Nah, that, Smalls. He, he looks orange. <laughs> and what is going on I here? don't know, Ev. You didn't get that's a spray a, tan? Now, like we, have great, we have a great makeup team. We have... Lou some days and Ashley other days. Today's Ashley. Yesterday was Lou. So maybe stylistically. Ooh, you're throwing somebody under the bus. No. No. Maybe it's the color that you're wearing. Maybe it's I'm wearing a bomber jacket today and I never. You all, a, yeah, I mean, you all. Do you know what I think it is? There's no, no hood. No hood. So I'm not the, hood today. The lighting is different because mm. it's not reflecting off the hood. Could you imagine? I feel appreciative of this, by the way. Nuno does not have the guts to do what he just did to anyone else on this show but me. You would never have done that to anyone else to say, could you, if CC got his hair dyed or smalls, you would never say that. But, but see, that's the difference. He doesn't have like, the if, guts, I, if I come guts. on this show looking like Shannon Sharp did that one day on Friday, no, he wouldn't say it. No, like, he would not say it. I would hope that Nuno would say something to me. <laughs> I he just does not have the guts. Like, <laughs> if, if, I, if I look like I should be laying in a casket, but the way my makeup is done one At day, please, Nuno, say something to me. Pat, Javante, somebody say something to Mm-mm. me. Doesn't somebody. We would. No thank way. you, thank you. I appreciate it. Those are real friends. Who Those was the first friends. to notice that I look orange? Pat, it was Pat. Has this been a thing now for two hours that I look <laughs> orange and nobody Maybe wanted last, to say anything the last to me? Twenty minutes. We looked up. We were like, Evan looks pretty orange today, doesn't he? I mean, you saw me smells when I walked in. Did I look any different when I walked in pre makeup? You don't look orange in person. 
<laughs> but it doesn't matter if I'm on TV looking orange. But I, I don't see the monitor. So I, I don't look orange on the radio, but people can imagine we have an orange host on this show today. I'm an orange is what I am. A Cheeto. I'm a Cheeto? <laughs> That's what I look like? A Cheeto. It's unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.